Hello and welcome to another podcast brought to you by Life Community Church, Leamington Spa. Recorded at one of our Sunday morning services, we hope this message inspires, equips and encourages you to grow in your relationship with Jesus Christ. Isn't God good? He's worthy to be praised. Hallelujah. I was, I was out walking yesterday and a little new development of the uh, Kenilworth Road. There was a, a van parked outside. And this is what it said on the, on the van. Quality of lifestyle. You know, there were... If I was to say to you this morning, what would you like your lifestyle to be? Would you like a big house? There's an Art Deco one for sale on Northumberland Avenue. It's 1.5 million. It's got six bedrooms and it's beige on the outside. Do you want the latest iPhone or iPad? What, what about what to you is lifestyle? Well, it's more than the quality and the things that we have, friends. My lifestyle and my life is based on what God wants for me. How would you answer the question? I'm sure our answers will be very different, all subject to our desires and passions. But I would suggest your answer should be and always be in submission to God's order in your lives. Three basic principles that we should live by. First of all, we should have a relationship with God. I mean a relationship with God. Not a relationship where you just stand up on a Sunday morning and sing the songs and then at nine o'clock on a Monday morning you wonder what on earth happened on Sunday. You see, if we can't take what we believe in, in, in within the gospel of Jesus Christ into our day by day by day regular walk we've got in life, then we've got a problem. So we have, need to have a relationship with God and then we need to have a relationship with ourselves. Do you have a problem with self-worth? Can you look in, can you look in the mirror each morning and say, you boy, you are looking good this morning. Now, I do it on a regular basis. I do. To be fair, it's always in the lift. Because the mirror is in the appropriate position. But we need to have a relationship with ourselves. We need to accept ourselves. Yes, you may be got all sorts of warts and problems and difficulties and trials, but those are the things you can bring to God. And recognize that God hasn't finished with you yet. I've been doing a devotion the last four or five days, and it is really quite weird. Because there's lots of this very slow music, shutting your eyes, prayer breathing. Have you ever come across prayer breathing? You breathe in the name of God and you breathe out the request. 
And last night, yesterday, it was enigmatic prayers. Man, I don't understand. <laughs> but out of it, friends, the challenge has come to recognize that my God is bigger than I think he is. Yeah. And that the potential I have in God is far bigger and greater. And that God hasn't finished with me yet. He's got 24 more years to finish the work. Why 24 years? Because I'm living till 100 and I'm going to die in the attempt. I trust in God this morning that I am going old gracefully. Please note, I've got trousers on today. (laughs) Not only growing old gracefully, but serving the purposes of God for my generation. You see, church is just not somewhere we just attend. Church is a place where we come to, to, to sit under the presence of the Holy Spirit and the Word of God and allow God to develop our relationship with Him, to develop our relationship with ourselves so that we have a quality of lifestyle, a quality of understanding of ourselves So it's a relationship with God, a relationship with yourself, and a relationship with others. You see, the whole Bible, from Genesis to Revelation, is talking about the relationship we should have with other people. Love God, love your neighbor. Love God, love your neighbor. So we should have a relationship initially with Christians, then with neighbours, then with friends, and then with society. So we love God, we love ourselves, and we love our neighbours. I'm going to read two passages of scriptures. The first one is found in Romans chapter 12 and verse 1 to 2, which should pop up on the screen, therefore. Amen. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. And do not be conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. God. Then we go to Ezekiel chapter 37 verses 1 to 10. The hand of the Lord came upon me and brought me out in the spirit of the Lord and set me down in the midst of a valley. It was full of bones and he caused me to pass by them all around and behold there were very many in the open valley. And indeed, they were very dry. 
And he said to me, son of man, can these bones live? So I answered, oh Lord God, you know. That's a wonderful answer, friends. When God asks you questions, don't fumble around in the darkness for an answer if you don't know what the answer is. But simply say to God, well, I don't know, Lord, but thank God you do. And he said to me, prophesy to these bones and say to them, O dry bones, hear the word of the Lord. Thus says the Lord God to these bones, truly I will cause breath to enter into you and you shall live. I will put sinews on you and bring flesh upon you and cover you with skin and put breath in you and you shall live and then you shall know that I am the Lord. So I prophesied as I was commanded and as I prophesied there was a noise and, a, and suddenly a rattling and, a, and bones came together bone to bone. And indeed as I looked the sinews and the flesh came upon them and the skin covered them over but there was no breath in them. Then he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy, son of man. Say to the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. So I prophesied as, I was, as he commanded me, and breath came upon them, and they lived and stood upon their feet, an exceeding great army. God bless the reading of his word. The question that God poised, brought to me last Sunday morning as, as um, I forgot your husband's name, Sam was leading worship. We were singing songs about inviting God to come. But in reality, friends, God is inviting us to come. God is constant. And the question that came to my are we part-time Christians? Do we have a part-time God? Do you ever say to God when you've got a problem and you're not getting the answer and you don't know what to do and you say to God, just give me five minutes off, Lord, and I'll deal with the situation. <laughs> or do you sit back and say, well, it's over to you, Lord. Uh, and what's it like tomorrow morning? You sing the songs, and we sing some fantastic words this morning. All the songs, but fantastic, full of truth, full of reality, full of what God wants to do in our lives. But when we walk out the door, when we get up in the morning, the alarm goes off at six o'clock. We look out the window and it's hammering down with rain and you've got to go for a 10k run. <laughs> Where's God? You say, oh, praise the Lord, it's raining. Isn't it exciting? I'm going to get wet. Or do you moan and groan? Does your Christianity fluctuate with the circumstances of life. You think God can't be really interested in that problem. And, or maybe he's interested in that. I want to tell you this morning that God is 100% committed to 100% of your circumstances in life in problems. 
And then when we walk out of this door this, this morning, whatever commitment we make, whatever response we make, that it's not just a response for the moment of time. It becomes an eternal declaration that God wouldn't change us and make us what he wants us to be. You see, my quality of my relation with God is my choice. God is not only constant, but he has done everything necessary for you to flow together with him. Any problem is my problem because God is constant. We have to make the effort. We have to draw near to God and he will draw near to you. If in reality you make the effort and you realize that he's there all the time. You see, Jesus was sharing with the disciples in, in, in John chapter 6 and he was bringing some very heavy stuff. And uh, uh, some of the disciples were really struggling with what Jesus was saying and sharing with them. And they, they were just walking away from the, con from the congregation. They were just slipping away. And Jesus is observing that many of his followers are actually going away because they can't cope with what he's saying. They walk no longer with him. And Jesus turns around to the twelve and he says, do you want to go away as well? And Simon Peter answered him, Lord, to whom shall we go? Lord, you have the words of eternal life. We have come to believe and know that you are the Christ, the Son of the living God. You see, mankind has sought for years for alternatives to God's plan of salvation. And man still looks for different ways to get to God. Rather than just accepting the simple gospel, the profound gospel where Jesus Christ died, rose again and is ascended at the right hand of God. But do I constantly respond to the appeal? Yet in reality, nothing seems to be changing. Life continues with its peaks and troughs. You see, that is why Paul challenges it in Romans chapter 12, verses 1 and 2. I beseech you, brethren, by the, <laughs> the mercies of God, that you present your bodies a living sacrifice, wholly acceptable to God, which is your reasonable service. You can offer nothing more, you can offer nothing less. The Living Bible puts it like this. So dear brothers, I plead you to give your bodies to God. Let them be a living sacrifice, holy, the kind he can accept. When you think what he has done for you, is it 
too much to ask. So where does Ezekiel 37 fit into this message this morning? You see, Ezekiel has a vision, a picture of the state of Israel. He sees dry, they're barren, they're unattached, they're lifeless, there is no hope, they are a past-it generation. You see, Israel had seen the miracles. They had come out of, uh, of Egypt with all the miracles. They crossed over the Red Sea. They'd wandered around wilderness for 40 years. They'd come into the Promised Land. They defeated Jericho. And yet they'd become dry, barren, unattached, lifeless. But God was no longer the focus of their attention. They'd find other ways and rules to live by. They created the strange gods that they worshipped. And maybe this morning that in church you're alive, you're full of hope. Yet on a Monday morning, the challenge of, his, of the word has melted away. You wake up with that normal Monday morning feeling. And Tuesday, you wake up with the Tuesday feeling, the Wednesday feeling, the Thursday feeling, the Friday feeling. And then you come back to church on a Sunday and, and Catherine or whoever's leading worship and you're away. You're bouncing all over the place. God's put something in your spirit. But the problem is, the exit is bigger, the entrance point. It goes in, and then out. We have friends we have to do something about the exit. It is not a game. Church is just not a lifestyle. Church is life. We have a world outside that is dying, going to a lost eternity. And the only answer, friends, it's through the church and the gospel of our Lord and Saviour, Jesus Christ. God has got no other alternative. A few years ago, 40 odd years ago, I was talking to somebody from this church who was quite old. A little bit older than me. He got a family, and the lads didn't want to know about the gospel of Jesus Christ. And like most parents, he was very concerned about his children because he didn't, they didn't know Christ. They didn't know how, a personal relationship with God. And it, it, in other words, what he said to me, is there an alternative way? 
And I have to say, and you would say, no. The only way is through the cross. The only way is through the blood of Jesus Christ. The only way is through the redemption, redemption purchased by our Lord and Savior on the cross those years ago. So maybe today, maybe today, you may be awakened to the fact that you're leaking. That's a good way of putting it, isn't it? You're leaking what God's putting in you. It's been robbed by all sorts of things. If we look at the parable of the sower, the the seed went to all sorts of places that it couldn't grow. But thank God there are some places when the seed grows. And we've got to be careful that we retain that seed. We've got to be careful that we retain what God's Holy Spirit is saying into our spirits. That when you raise your hand up on a Sunday morning and the pastor or whoever is leading me is saying, God bless you, God bless you, God bless you. That the moment you walk out the door isn't the end of it, but the beginning. And you've got no excuse, you know, friend. There's got hundreds of answers to your problems and your excuses. You might say, well, I can't do it. It's too hard. And the Spirit says, well, my grace is sufficient for you. My strength is made perfect in your weakness. I can do all things through Christ which strengthens me. I don't know how many here, but there's thousands of promises. And the problem is sometimes we stick to favourite passages of Scripture. No, 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 no. I'm struggling through 2 Samuel. It's a bit better than 1 Samuel, but not as good as some of the other ones. Boy, this is hard work. But you've got to study to show yourself approved. A workman that need not be ashamed, rightly dividing the word of truth. And so maybe this maybe this morning, if you're honest with yourself, you're a bit like the valley of dry bones. There's no cohesion in your life. There's no cohesion in your spiritual walk with God. The moment a problem comes, your faith goes out the window. Well, maybe this morning it's a good time to make a spiritual resolution in the presence of God. You see, in Ezekiel chapter 37 and verse 9, he said to me, prophesy to the breath. Prophesy to the son of man and say to the breath, thus says the Lord God, come from the four winds, O breath, and breathe on these slain that they may live. May I suggest that you do that? You prophesy the word of God into your life. You prophesy the Holy Spirit into your life. And you're open to God and say, God, just fill me afresh. I'm sick and tired and wobbling and falling apart. 
I want to be a new creature in Jesus Christ. I want to be full of the Holy Spirit. They're building 15,000 new houses in Leamington Spa. That is approximately 60,000 people. And you can guarantee at least 90% of them have never heard of the gospel of Jesus Christ. We've got a mission, friends. And we can't use the excuse as all the other churches. Well, let them get on with it, but we've got our uh, uh, ministry. And so, friends, what I'm suggesting this morning, not that you start prophesying to the dead bones, but you start prophesying you start speaking life into yourself. We hope that you enjoyed this message. For many more resources and for more information, visit our website at www.life-cc.org.